You're listening to the Business with Purpose podcast with your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. This podcast takes you behind the scenes with some of the world's most generous entrepreneurs, from the CEOs of mission-driven brands to directors of small community nonprofits and everything in between. Molly is sitting down with men and women who believe in changing the world not only through their personal lives, but also their professional careers. And now, here's Molly. Welcome to another episode of the Business with Purpose podcast. I am so excited for my guest today. I have Shannon Whitehead of Factory 45. Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Molly. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you so much for being on the show, taking time out of your, you know, your busy schedule. And for the listeners, Shannon, so Factory 45 is one of the most unique businesses I have ever come across. And so I have been looking forward to talking with Shannon for a while. Um, And we're going to kind of get into what Factory 45 does. But in a nutshell, so everybody knows, Factory 45 is sort of this accelerator program for entrepreneurs who want to start an ethical clothing line. Is that, would would you say that that's like a good one sentence description? Ethics and sustainability at the forefront. So it's really for entrepreneurs who care how clothing is made. That is so awesome. All right, so we're going to get into that. But first, I like to get to know my guests. And so, Shannon, since you and I, this is really the first time we've ever spoken, except for over, you know, email. So yeah. I want you to give me the Shannon 101. You know, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, where did you, you, know, where did you go to school? Where are you from? You know, what do you like to do on the weekends? Um, yeah. But eventually, you know, kind of what and eventually, like what sort of transpired that le- led you to uh, start Factory 45? So obviously it's a long story, but um, I'll try to give you the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> I went to the University of Florida. Um, I actually grew up in the Boston area, but as soon as I graduated from high school, I was like, I'm out of here. I'm going where the sun yeah. uh, shines. I'm getting out of um, the cold so, temperatures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I went to, uh, I was actually a journalism major. I had no fashion background, was not really interested in fashion. I was a fast fashion bargain bin junkie. I would go to Forever 21 on a Friday and, you know, get a dress for that night and never wear it again, throw it to the back of my closet, you know, really had no concept of environmentalism or sustainability or, you know, ethical manufacturing. None of that came to my mind until um, I went through, you know, four years of school ended up uh, deciding that I was going to take a gap year after college. And I went to Australia and um, bartended my way around the world for about two years and sort of just saw this other side of like (laughs) how other people live. And I went to developing world countries where so much of our clothing is just discarded or so much of our trash is discarded, you know, um, Mm. landfills just overflowing with our Target and Old Navy and Gap shirts. Um, and so I, you know, something sort of started to change and I eventually got back to the States and a friend who I had met when I was bartending in Australia, another American girl reached out and said, it was actually a Facebook message. She said, you know, I'm having a quarter life crisis. I don't know what to do with my life. I know you're not going to get a real job. So let's do something together. Um, and we ended up deciding to start a business and that was my first company, um, which was a clothing line that was sustainably and ethically made in the USA and it was called Revolution Apparel. 
So, I mean, that doesn't really answer your question, but that's sort of where I started. And um, I don't know if you, if we want to keep going or yeah, if you have follow-up please. questions yeah, to that. Do it. I, yeah, keep going. I love it. So, you know, your your mindset started to shift as you were bartending your way around the world, which is, you know, one day I was bartending around the world and the next day I was changing the world. I know, exactly. <laughs> it sounds very disjointed. No, um, I love and obviously, it. That is the Cliff Notes version. But, you know, it just takes, I think, seeing other cultures and talking to other people and seeing how, you know, the the things that matter to others that we don't really, I don't know, appreciate as much in the Western world as a generalization. And so Kristen and I started this company and we started to, you know, try to figure out how to set up our supply chain, how to figure out our manufacturing, all that. And we didn't realize how difficult it is to start a fashion company with sustainability and ethics at the forefront. And um, it took us a year and a half to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. We ended up launching a Kickstarter that was the highest funded fashion project in Kickstarter history at the time. And so it it was just this eye-opening experience, a first entrepreneurial project that was just, it was so cool because we, quadrupled our production run. We were featured in the New York Times, Forbes, Wall Street Journal. It was like this whirlwind experience. And then we were totally burnt out. And I'll pause there. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So what year was this? This was back. um, We started in 2010 and we launched our Kickstarter at the end of 2011. Wow. And that was for the clothing brand that you guys started. So you guys, yes. you started this clothing brand. You, you're, it's like taking over everything. I mean, it's just, I mean, that's amazing. You were in Forbes and all in the New York Times. I mean, that's just, I, I mean, what, yeah, what it was, was going, unexpected to say the least. Yeah. What was going through your mind at that time when did, did, what did that say to you that there was a demand for this or um, what kind of, I mean, what were you thinking during that? I think more than anything, there is a demand or there was a demand for authenticity and transparency. And that really like hooks people. And we had started a blog actually a year and a half before our Kickstarter even went live. We were just trying to, you know, build a community around this idea that fashion can be sustainable and ethical and sort of take people through the process of just two 20 something entrepreneurs starting yeah. trying to do something good in the world, you know, yeah. and people latch on to that. And I think it was the story more than anything that really got people excited about it. That's so cool. So now let's fast forward a little bit. So, you know, you got to the end of that, you guys are totally burnt out. What kind of happened from there? And then what ultimately led you to start Factory 45? Yeah, so it's interesting. I think, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs go into their first startup or business just thinking like, okay, let's just fail fast. You know, that's what you hear. It's fail fast so you can learn from it and then go on to do your next thing. And I think that's what we were kind of expecting. It was like, we can, you know, let's do this first project. We'll learn from it. But we weren't necessarily thinking we were going to be like the next Spanx. Um, But then we, once things got rolling, it was like, oh, this is real. And this, we could make something of this, but 
crap, like this isn't what we want to keep doing. And so it was really a personal decision. Our, our relationship, friendship was starting to fray a little bit, you know, so much pressure is put on co-founders. Um, and we realized, you know, we, this was a great first run. We want to stay friends, you know, we, and we have stayed friends. Kristen came to my wedding in May. Um, and we just realized, you know, we want to do different projects and do different things. And so it was very amicable. We just closed our doors at the end of 2012 and Kristen went on to do some photography and ended up starting her own brand. And and then I did a year of consulting and now I run factory 45. Uh, and that's been for the past two years. That's awesome. Yeah. People don't, you know, business owners who are listening to this show, because, you know, my it's funny so far, my my listeners fall into two categories, business owners who are like, I just want to hear other business owners and hear kind of how they got started and what they do and their challenges mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And then, you know, just general kind of consumers or people who like to hear people's stories. So there's sort of two, you know, two categories here. But if you know, for the fellow business owners, business owners are like, yeah, biz- entrepreneurship is hard. There's yeah. like, there's like this roller coaster you go through of like, I can do it. I'm awesome. My business is going to take over the world. And then like th- 12 minutes later, you're like, I'm, I'm throwing in the towel. It's done. I can't oh, do it anymore. Totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's the, yeah, the entrepreneurship, like, roller coaster that is like none other maybe I don't know maybe being a mom can be like that but yeah it's just totally different yeah because owning a business a lot of you know in a lot of ways is like is like parenting your baby (laughs) it's like like your business goes through the terrible threes and I'm just yeah um so so for for people that you know, I kind of gave the nutshell at the beginning that Factory Forty Five is is basically an accelerator program for people who want to start a clothing brand with mm-hmm. ethics and sustainability at the forefront. Talk, you know, kind of talk a little bit more about sort of what Factory Forty Five does. Um, well, let's do yeah. that first, and then and then I've got kind of a follow up question from there. Yeah, sure. So so basically, what happened is I realized at the end of starting my own brand that like, oh my gosh, it should not be this hard. And so that's where Factory 45 came about. I didn't, I wanted it to be easier for startup brands to be able to manufacture in their own country, you know, to be able to make clothing here in the U.S. and to have transparent supply chains and to have, you know, sustainable fabrics and materials. Um, And so Factory 45 takes aspiring entrepreneurs through idea stage to launch stage. So it's a six month program. And we start with sourcing fabric and materials, we go on to branding and getting in front of your ideal customer, we go into pre production. So getting your samples and patterns made set, you know, connecting with production partners, Um, then we go into e commerce marketing, and then we finally finish with launching. And that's usually through a Kickstarter campaign or some other sort of pre-sales campaign. Yeah. So how did you, you know, what kind of steps did you take? Because obviously you learned in a lot of ways, like the things that you do with your clients now, like you learned sort of (laughs) trial by fire when you were launching your own brand. Yeah. Um, What, 
what sort of things did you learn in the launching of your brand that you know, either you were like, yes, I'm definitely going to implement this with my clients or or I am going to tell all my clients to never do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of mistakes that you just that's a lot of it is like, don't do this. Um, <laughs> but, you know, with with U.S. manufacturing, it can be very difficult to get your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Um if you don't have personal connections, if you don't know anything about the industry, like the, these aren't things that you can just Google, like a lot of, you know, start a business. Okay, I'll just Google how yeah. to do that. This is just a totally different beast. And so that's part of it is having that personal connection of me being able to say, okay, this is what you're making. This is who you should be connected with to manufacture that. And so I can make those personal introductions or make those referrals. In terms of like mistakes learned, I had to learn the hard way how important relationship building is mm-hmm. in this industry. Um, you know, it's important in every industry, but the face-to-face contact, being at your factory, when you're do- doing product development, being there with them in person, going through everything, you know, talking to your sewers, asking if they have kids, asking, you know, what the- what they like to do on the weekends, mm-hmm. um, sending them cookies, you know, like all that stuff. I just didn't realize how important that was. And it, it took our first production run when Kristen and I had our brand, our first 40 units were crap. Like there were holes in them. There were missing buttons. There were like rips in the fabric. And as soon as I went back to the factory and said, Hey guys, what's going on? Like, <laughs> yeah. let's get it together here. What can I do to help this be better? The neck, the rest over a thousand units after that were seamless, perfect. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was such a concrete example. Yeah. I mean, relationships just in general are so important. And I have, um, I, you know, along the way over the last couple of years, I've, I've just developed some just friendships that I just truly treasure. And it's so interesting. And, but they are people that are, um, both that I work with, but also, um, you know, people that I are my dear friends who own their own businesses and they just talk all the time about the importance of relationships. Um, you know, my friend, Bethany Tran, who is the founder of The Root Collective. Um, if you haven't heard, um, and for those of you listening, if you haven't heard the episode with Bethany, you have to go back and listen to that episode. I think she's episode like three or something like that. I mean, she just, she will just make you want to walk outside yeah, your door and, and be like, I'm going to take over the world. Like she's just, <laughs> she's so inspiring. Um, but that's one of the things that she talks about all the time is just the importance of relationships, connection, and just treating other people with kindness because mm-hmm. I think kindness is is one of those things that's just like can sometimes be lost in yeah. in business because people are like oh we got to get down to business we got to get we got to do this we got to do that and then they forget along the way like these are people that you're working with mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. a smile and like a how are you can go a really long way oh totally yeah and I think like you know at the time I was. I think like 25 or 26. And so you don't have a whole lot of confidence as yeah. it is, you know, you're like, okay, I'm definitely like the little, you feel like a little girl who's like, Oh, this is funny. We're going to try to start our own business. <laughs> but you know, going in there and remembering that, yeah, kindness, it doesn't matter what age you are, relationship building. Um, it, it just goes such a long way. And it doesn't always have to be like, 
oh, time is money. Like, let's get down to business. Yeah. Like you said, um, it can, you know, there's a cultivation period that needs to happen. Yeah. Now, I'd love to hear, give me an example. Um, I don't know if you, if you can talk about this, you know, maybe an example of a client that you've worked with and um, sort of, you know, you can either talk tell me about your first client or just a client that um, you've had in the last two years that yeah. um, that you've worked with that, you know, has gone from kind of through all the stages. Yeah. So I, um, I guess Veta would be one that I always love to talk about because they really did. They, I mean, they started with an idea. They didn't, when they applied to Factory 45, they didn't even have a name for their company yet. And so how's it spelled? Um, um, V-E-T-T-A. V-E-T-T-A, Veta. Okay. Uh, yep. And um, they just, they went through the program in six months. They launched their Kickstarter campaign. Um, they were set out to raise $30,000 for a five piece capsule collection. It's, um, a capsule wardrobe. So it's five pieces that can make up a month's worth, worth of outfits. Um, and so they set out to raise 30,000 and they ended up finishing their campaign with over 90,000. Wow. Uh, so they just really blew it out of the water. They were featured in who, what, where, and, uh, Vogue, like a, just a bunch of really cool press. And then at the same time, this was all going on. They competed in Saks Fifth Avenue's uh, emerging designer showcase and won the whole thing. What? That's so awesome. they are, they have a fall collection, um, that's selling in sacks right now. And, uh, yeah, so this is, this is an amazing success story and yeah. I just love them and what they're about. Um, so everyone can check out shopbeta.com. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be <laughs> checking. That is amazing. And their brand, I mean, obviously they're, they're sold in sacks now, so they've, uh, they've grown, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a kind of, um, they really want to do direct to consumer. So they, they want to be selling just online to, you know, cut out the middlemen prices. But, yeah. um, for this showcase, that was the prize was yeah. that they would be able to have a collection that was selling in, in sacks. That's amazing. Um, so it's very cool. That is amazing. Can you share a little bit about maybe some of the manufacturers that you work with and kind of how you develop some of those relationships? Because I know that's something that I always love knowing more about. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so I it's it's been a very like kind of slow and organic process of connecting with the manufacturers. I have my core group who I talk to probably you know, a couple times a month. Yeah. And then I have others who are more peripheral, but they've been vetted. I have relationships with them. Um, uh, there's one actually, you're in North Carolina, Molly, but there's one in Morganton, North Carolina, um, who is just, it's amazing. They're, they're a worker owned cooperative. So the model is that all of the workers are members and they get a cut of the profit and the dis they make the decisions together. And Super, I just love uh, that model. <laughs> so are you talking about Opportunity Threads? I am. I actually just uh, had Molly Hemstreet of Opportunity Threads on the show last week. <laughs> You're <laughs> so, kidding. Yeah. I is it, It's not not up on your website it's yet, It's not up it? yet. So, oh so my people, gosh. When, when, you're, when people are listening, they're like, what? So this is going to be a great follow-up episode. It actually, <laughs> the time frame of like when you record to when you publish. So people oh, are, totally. like, are going to be like, what? Um, but yes, no. If, so if you're listening right now, you can go back and listen to the episode with Molly 
she's in the previous episode, so you can hear her. But yeah, yes. So that's awesome that you work with Opportunity Threads. Yeah, because I was just blown away by what they do. It's so cool. Oh, it's it's amazing. And actually, funny story. My husband has a company, um, an e-commerce company, and Molly in Opportunity Threads does all the production for them. And they're actually there right now. I'm like getting texts from him (laughs) um, that they're you know they're in the factory right now. So it's all very looped in. Oh my goodness. It, it all comes full circle. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Well, so I'm excited I, to listen to her interview. Yeah. She is, she is really just doing such, I mean, yeah, she's got such a unique model. Um, but yeah, they're, yeah, they're right here in North Carolina. It's actually turns out that their factory is not far from where, um, my in-laws live and where my husband grew up which is really cool too. So I told her, I was like, next time I'm in, I'm in the Western part of the state. I was like, I want to come to the factory. I want to see it. Oh, you should. It's so cool. You'd love it. It's awesome. That's so cool. So talk to me about, you know, when you went from sort of this, like you said, the fast fashion person where you would go and, you know, buy a dress at Forever 21 to wear on a Friday night, raising my hand right here. Nobody can see, but I'm raising my hand. (laughs) I totally did that. Um, And, you know, because I think, you know, even as as recent as five, ten, you know, between five and ten years ago, like that just wasn't, you know, sustainable fashion and ethical fashion is just you know, not no. something that people talk about. Yeah. Um, and so as you traveled the world and you sort of changed your, your mindset, what were some of the steps that you took other than obviously, you know, doing, you know, doing something about it with your professional career? Um, mm-hmm. What were some of the steps you took in your own life to kind of change that mindset? Because for a lot of people, that's really hard. Oh, um, for sure. And even me, don't get me wrong. I love Target. I love Target. Like Target oh, yeah. is like who doesn't? <laughs> I, I walk in Target. I'm like, oh, like the angels are singing. Um, <laughs> but the way you know the way I shop at Target, like I've really had to change my thinking when I walk into Target, and I, I just don't even go to the women's clothing section anymore. Like I just don't do it. Yeah. Well, so that's a one great way is just don't put yourself in yeah. a situation. <laughs> yeah, but the, yeah, it's a big mindset shift for people and you know, it's almost like when people are trying to break a habit, um, yes. because a lot of times it's like, oh yeah, I got to go to Target to get some groceries and then I'm just going to grab this $5 shirt and I'm like, yeah. oh look, oh cool. Some, some socks like that have like animals on them. I don't know. Like you just kind of yes. buy whatever for the sake of buying it. Um, yep. so what, yeah. So tell me, what are some of the things you did in your own life to kind of change that mindset and kind of shift your, your perspective and your, and your own actions? Well, the most obvious one is I had no money. So I, like, I'm trying to start this business and I've just gotten back from traveling the world for two years. You know, like it wasn't like I had a big dis- disposable income to be spending on clothing. So that's the obvious one. But um, really, I don't know. I read some books that really just hit home with me. Um, I can give you them to maybe yeah. put in the show notes. Yeah. But um, once it's kind of like once you see, you can't unsee, yeah. and you start to just think like, oh, like I started to kind of think about all the money that was sitting in my closet of clothing that I wasn't wearing. You know, yeah. like that's just like money out the door. Yeah. And 
I started to go into thrift shops and not the ones were not like, you know, now I'll shop at Goodwill, but like, I, I didn't start there. I started like with the ones that feel like you're going into a store. It just happens to be secondhand clothing. Yeah. And that was a great sort of like progression of, okay, well this, I mean, like this is just like going into any store, except I have a bigger selection and it's not harming the environment. So win, win. Um, And then I started to, you know, just get more into thrift. Now I would say probably 75% of my clothes are secondhand thrifted um, and 25% are from, you know, independent designers that make sustainable and ethical clothing. Because the truth is it is going to be more expensive to buy clothing that is sustainably and ethically made here in the States. Um, But when you think about all of the fast fashion, that $5 every time you go to Target adds up. Oh yeah. And so if you can think about like less is more or buy less, buy better, you will, you will not be like the net, you know, I'm not a math person, but like the net total on that is not going to be any more than it would just picking up $5 t-shirts every, you know, every time you go shopping. Yep. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. That's just one of those things that, you know, I get, I get pushback from people a lot sometimes Mm -hmm. because they'll be like, well, you know, well, I mean, well, I I can't afford to shop ethically. And I'm like, yes, you can go to the thrift store. In fact, like that's what, that's where I was shopping when I was po. Like, (laughs) like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Everyone can afford thrift shopping, you know? (laughs) And it's just, it's, you have to just change your mindset. Think of it as treasure hunting, you know, think of it as a game. We all say, you know, we shop for therapy. Well, that's like the ultimate therapy is like, you feel like you go in with the challenge and you come out with your, you know, your prize. But another thing I started doing was writing down what, where I noticed holes in my closet. And so that way, like I would have a list like, oh, okay, I really like, I find that I really need black pants and I don't have any black pants. Okay. I'll write that down on my list. And then when I do go shopping, it's like, I'm going with a goal. I'm not going just to shop aimlessly. Yeah. You're just not, yeah, you're, you're, you're more focused. It's like when you go grocery shopping with a list rather than just like walking into the grocery store when you're hungry and you walk out and you're like, why do we have nine boxes of Triscuits? Like I don't, (laughs) nobody needs nine boxes of Triscuits, but like when you, you know, when you grocery shop and you're hungry, you're like, why why do I even have this? Right. It's like shopping, like grocery shopping for the apocalypse. Like we like shop for clothes. Like it's the apocalypse. Yeah. yeah, Like, are you a prepper? Like, do you have, a dungeon with canned food and and nine white white blouses like nobody needs nine white blouses exactly yeah so yeah it's totally it's just change yeah it's changing that mindset um and you know and I think too I think I I love now that because especially with kids now like I have two kids you know going to a thrift store with two kids is like a nightmare but I love that there's websites like ThreadUp or mm-hmm. Tradesy or Poshmark or um, Schoola. Schoola, I actually recently discovered in the last year or so. And they're, um, they're a little smaller, so they don't have as much of a selection. But if you check them kind of periodically, Schoola's got women's clothing and kids' clothing. And I think they have some men's clothing. Um, but they also donate... Um, like a portion of their proceeds to, lo- you can like designate to local schools. 
around the country, cool. which is really cool, um, or different, you know, scholarship funds and things like that. Um, yeah, so there's there's all these online places now too, where you can just and they have apps and you can just shop right from there. Yeah, and it's just e- it's easy. Oh, thread up is like what I do now. I was yes. doing Buffalo Exchange for a while. I feel like I've kind of grown out of it. That's like kind of indie chick. Um, and now I do thread up and it's oh, so easy. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. There's, there's so many, so many great places like that, um, that you can, and then I, I also, um, fall into the trap of the like buy sell groups on Facebook. Those are really awesome. <laughs> Like oh, I didn't you, even know about those. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So, well, there's different kinds. <laughs> I'm about to open a wormhole here. Uh, so there's there's different kinds. Like there's one that in my area, there's like a buy sell page for just like parents in my area. Mm-hmm. So I can go and I can sell, you know, my own stuff or like I can buy and sell like kids, you know, kids clothes or toys or things like that. And it's just it's all local and here in the area. So then a lot of different areas will do them too like you can just kind of search your own you know like Boston buy sell page or you know whatever like that yeah that's Um, awesome and now Facebook just launched the marketplace I don't know if you've noticed this yeah so you can like sell things locally via Facebook which is crazy um and then or if there's a particular brand that you really like um I'm not going to say the name of the brand but there's a brand that I've was a fan of for a really really long time and I don't know how their stuff is made even though I've been emailing them it's fine um (laughs) and but I I still like I still really love the brand and so now like I can just search for like that brand buy sell page on Facebook and so I can buy that oh that's so cool you know so I it's like I can still get my fix even though I love that brand I'm like but I can't go to your store until you email me back um because yeah I'm the I'm the crazy person now no I'm glad we need people like you (laughs) I do the same thing yeah who emails and I'm like can you tell me how your clothes are made and then people either I don't get a reply or I get a really shady reply or in the rare some rare cases I get uh yeah I'm so glad you asked which I really love um okay so now you know I want to get to know you a little bit more I kind of hear as we wrap up so tell me what are some of the things that you, you so tell me you're you just got married in May congratulations thank you so your and your husband what does he what does he do you can do a shameless plug yeah sure um he has a company called Project Repat and oh, um oh is he oh oh sorry I got really excited is do, he the, do you the, know it the t-shirt quilt yes <laughs> Sorry, I'm like cracking up because when, when, <laughs> because sorry, you're no, everybody's like, no, I can't wait to hear what you're gonna I say. Know. Well, I and when I was interviewing Molly last week, and she was like, yeah, let me tell you about because I was like, we want to who are some of the people you manufacture for, and she told me about Project Repat, and I started cracking up because so my husband also helps me edit these shows because he's much mm-hmm. better with the technical side than I am. And I was like, my my husband's going to be listening to this and he's going to be like, so you need to call them because <laughs> I have like four stacks of T-shirts from high oh, yeah. school and college because I was in a sorority. So, yep. you know, with sororities, like we get a T-shirt for having breakfast. Oh, like, yeah. They're like, they're like, it's Monday breakfast. Here's a T-shirt. So, yep. like, I have, oh, you're, yeah, that's exactly his target market. Yes. <laughs> so I have these stacks and stacks of T-shirts that have been sitting in my closet for like 10 years, maybe even, well, my high school ones even longer, like 14, 15 years. Yeah, and you don't want to part with them because it's nostalgia. <laughs> yes. 
And so I've been wanting to make a t-shirt quilt. So yes, that is awesome that your husband is the guy who started Project Repat. So please forgive my overly excitedness. No, I like, I love that you're excited about, (laughs) and I, I didn't know if maybe Molly had, had mentioned them. Um, but yeah, I think they're, they're her biggest client or one of their biggest, um, and yeah, I mean, so we met, you know, in kind of sustainability fashion. This was back when I I had my clothing company and our two business partners at the time arranged a meeting for all of us to meet. Um, and not not in a romantic way, but um, for me, it was, it was pretty much love at first sight. And I ended up asking him out over email. We were both from the Boston area and I was going to be back there. And so, yeah, that was four years ago. I love it. I yeah. love it. I love that you asked him out over email. That's so sweet. I didn't have his phone number. I know it's so cheesy. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. It's better. Like, you know, I love when I talk to people when they're like, yeah, you know, when, when people were dating, you know, maybe 10 years ago and they're, and they're like, yeah, I asked him out over AIM. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I had a really vague away message. <laughs> that yeah. was like, well, now it's lyrics. like all online dating and I missed yeah. that boat. I never, I was never <laughs> an online dater, but yeah. So now now it's all online. Awesome. Anyway. And so, yeah, so he runs Factory, uh, sorry, not Factory 45, uh, Project <laughs> Repat. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they make t-shirt quilts. Um, and I think Molly was saying that they do like 600, six, is it 600 quilts a week or something like that? Yeah, at, at Opportunity Threads, yeah. they do. Um, they have another factory in Fall River, Massachusetts. Um, wow. So I think they're doing a little over a 1,000 a week now. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it will ramp up for holiday season. But, um, yeah, they were just on Inc. 5,000's fastest-growing companies. They're doing awesome. So and, and that's exciting, you know, just to see, like, they're keeping T-shirts out of landfills. Yeah. And it, it, it's such a, just like inherently a sustainable product. So I love that too. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, okay. And then what is, you know, what's sort of your, your, your fun thing? What's the thing that recharges you? What do you love to do, you know, on the weekends? You know, what do you do when you kind of are shutting the business mindset down? Even though all business owners know, like you never really shut your brain off when you're a business owner. Um, but what's, yeah. what's sort of the thing that recharges you? What do you do? Um, I, I love, I still have the travel bug from, you know, years ago. And, yeah. and so I travel quite a bit, both my husband and I can work from our computers. So we'll, you know, go for a weekend or a week and, um, just sort of try to get away. That's honestly what recharges me is when I'm in a different location. I know yeah. for a lot of people, it's like routine that gets them going. Yeah. Um, I, I really get inspired by being in different places. Um, but I do yoga. I, um, you know, we'll, we'll go for walks or hikes or visit with friends, you know, sort of just normal stuff. But you're right. Like it's your brain never turns off when you run a business. You're either like thinking like, oh, that could be a blog post or like, yeah. oh, that, oh, that would be a good Instagram. That puts my color palette, you know, like it's, yeah. <laughs> there's always something. So, yeah. yeah. Are you reading any books right now that are really awesome? Or have you read any lately that yeah. you want to tell people about? Okay, to be honest, I have had zero productivity in the past three days because I have been binge reading Small Great Things by Jodi Picoult. It's her newest Ooh. book. 
Mm-hmm. And it's about this systemic race issues in our country. And it's, but it's fiction, but it's just super relevant. It's amazing. Ooh. So I would highly recommend it to everyone. Oh, I like it. And, uh, I, and, and uh, this is a fun question. What is on your, you know, I don't know, iPod, your music playlist, Spotify, Pandora, whatever, you know, whatever music you listen to? Or are you more of like a podcast person or books on, you know, audio books? What sort of a, what's in your earbuds lately? I'm definitely a music person. I've been listening to Good Grief by Lucius on repeat. It's mm. Lucius is my all time favorite band. They're just, they're, they're great. Um, and this is their newest album. I'm going to see American in Paris off Broadway. So I've been listening to, oh, <laughs> I, I love awesome. Broadway and show tunes. Yes. It's probably a bit like the nerdiest side of me, but so I've been listening to the soundtrack too. Not nerdy at all. I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big soundtrack and like score me, movie score person. But yes. I, I mean, I was actually a musical theater major when I started in college. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, so I actually, I went and saw Rent earlier this month because uh, they are on a, their 20, it's 20th. Or yeah. 20th. I'm seeing it in April. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was so good it was so good and I did not take my husband because he does not like musicals <laughs> he's like I See, would you're rather a good do... wife I just drag my husband I would do so that's really nice of you <laughs> he was like I was taking a friend uh and he he was like how did I get out of going to this and I was like well because I know that you would be miserable and so I wanted to take somebody <laughs> yeah. that I would actually <laughs> would actually enjoy <laughs> I'm not gonna complain the whole time yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I, lo- I obviously love my husband but I was like I know he's he is not into musicals so yeah yeah. But yeah, I, I've been like, yeah, listening to Hamilton and oh, yes. <laughs> all yeah. all the soundtracks. I love, I love it. That. Yeah. And I work. I love to work to this is maybe weird. Maybe some people do this, too. But my working background music is movie scores like, uh, you know, uh-huh. like the scores to, you know, Forrest Gump or Last of the Mohicans. Like, yes. I love that kind of like. Or um, Pirates of the Caribbean, like that, that's always what's yep. playing in the background when I'm working. And um, we're my husband and I were working because we have a home office too, and we were working the other night, and my playlist was going. And every time a new song would come on, I'd be like, "Man, now I really want to w- watch Forrest Gump," or like, "Man, now I, re- <laughs> I now I really want to watch Last of the Mohicans." Like, "Oh, now I really want to watch Braveheart." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's it's very motivational music. I know. I know. Well, unless it, you know, you're like, oh, I'll just close down shop for today at two and go watch Last of the Movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah unless, unless, yeah, unless, yeah, unless I delay all my time watching movies. Um, anyway. All right. So how for people that want to find out more about Factory 45, how can they connect with you online? So the best way, well, I'm at factory45.co. That's the website. Um, and then on Instagram is probably my most uh, used an interesting platform and it's at factory 45 co. Um, and then, you know, feel free to email me Shannon at factory 45.co. I'm pretty much an open book. I try to respond to everyone. So, um, if you do have interest in starting a sustainable fashion brand, feel free to give me a shout. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, that's actually a question I, I should have asked earlier. So, so let's just say, we're just going to, we're going to play in hypotheticals here for a second. Say, you know, I want to start a sustainable fashion brand. Um, but I, maybe I have the idea, but I'm, and I, I know what I want to do, but I'm just not really sure how to execute it. Um, you know, I might go to you. So what's sort of the process? Is there any upfront cost? Is there like, do you sign a non-disclosure? Like, you know, what's sort of the, the, the beginning stages of as, 
somebody is interested in potentially working with you? Yeah, so it's an application process and applications open in May 2017. So I only run the six month program once a year. Um, It's $500 a month for six months. Um, I will sign an NDA. Most people know I'm not in the business of stealing other businesses. But if you if you want me to sign one, I will. And Um, Yeah, it's very much a personal experience. So the six months I can be as involved in your business as you want me to be. Um, And there's, you know, there's an online component, there's a community group component. Um, I have about 80 entrepreneurs right now that I'm working with. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really positive experience. So, and if anyone have, has questions, they can absolutely email me. Cool. Cool. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for the time today. It was so much fun talking with you and just, I mean, we've, we talked about everything from, from college t-shirts to, to the last of the Mohicans to, yes. uh, to changing the world with the way we purchase clothes. So we've really run the gamut here. <laughs> yes, we have. No, it was so fun. Thanks so much for having me, Molly. Absolutely. And thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Business with Purpose podcast. If you liked this show, I would just hug your neck. If you left a review on iTunes, be sure to subscribe, share with your friends, because that's how we're able to you know, get the word out about this show. And thank you so much uh, for those of you who are regular listeners and new listeners. Welcome and all that kind of stuff. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks. Thanks.